0: My name is Brian Flanagan, I'm a real estate agent in Dubai, and this is a Dubai Real Estate Playbook. One, two, three, four. Welcome back to episode 11 of the Dubai Real Estate Playbook. In this week's episode, I'll be going through the idea of human behavior and real estate, the importance of understanding human behavior, or at least being aware of its impacts in real estate, and how you can leverage that into your favor. So, further on, I will kind of delve into the idea of human behavior in real estate, you know, and how that is so important and the psychological elements that affect real estate and obviously purchasing decisions and how I've used that in my favor. I think the importance of this can't be understated because in an industry such as real estate, you know, it's really what I like to call a social social role, but you're basically a kind of customer service sales agent. That's how I like to look at it. You know, there's not one way, there's not one size fits all because humans are so different from each other. You know, understanding human behavior is so important in real estate, you know, because you are dealing with humans at the end of the day. And like people who are software engineers who understand code, you must understand humans and their behavior, irrational and rational. And this will help you. And if you have any fundamental ideas or any fundamental grasp of these concepts, then I really do think it would serve you. It's really important because people are fundamentally very, very different, especially in Dubai, where you're very multicultural. You know, there's no set ideas, there's no ingrained social concepts that have been there for hundreds of years, because you get this massive clash of cultures, all with their own, you know, environments, all in their own social factors that have to be taken into consideration, because with each different transaction, you're different with you're dealing with different kinds of people, you know, from different backgrounds um, and different influences. So, you really do have to take that into account. And that is really, really important, especially in Dubai, as I said. Um, but people are genuinely, you know, fundamentally different. They do d- think differently. And this can be from their inherent genetics or their environmental factors and their external influences. So just going back to that nature and nurture debate, I definitely think the two coincide at the exact same time. And understanding humans and their behavior will genuinely help you relate to them, understand the reasons as to why they do what they do, and what ultimately will trigger them to close on an apartment. For me, you know, I had a lot of preconceptions before moving over to Dubai, moving into real estate and the role itself. I didn't really think that you know psychology could have been taken into the industry that human behavior was such an important factor of it. But you know, fundamentally, I I do believe my preconceptions have been have been changed, and I did assume that there was one one way, one right way to close, one script that you could follow to close. And as if there's some kind of one closing line to fit all, which is just not the case. You know, recently I was doing an interview with my company and one of the questions was, what is your go-to closing line? And there is no one closing line. There is no, you know, one thing that will work for everybody. Because as you will begin to understand further on in their episode, there is two different types of buyers and how you kind of change towards them is really, really important. And there is no secret, you know, it is multifaceted and there is a number of things you must take into consideration. For me personally, my preconceived ideas, I wanted to know one right answer and as humans we need one right answer one quick fix because that's what's easy and i don't know what the secret is or i don't know you know what has helped me but just picking apart some of these ideas i think it's just incorporated many many things my first experience of you know there not being one right answer was when i did study psychology as an undergrad And I did study human behavior, you know, coming straight out of mainstream education in secondary level, there is just one right answer. You know, two plus two equals four. There is no room for, there's no room for a a doubt in there. There's, you study biology and you learn about osmosis or you learn about the human brain or you learn about whatever it may be. There is right answers that you have to write down on paper. You just learn those, and then from memory recall, just put them down on test day. So going into psychology as an undergrad, I quickly found out there was no right answer. So it was just, on one topic, there was just a multitude of different psychological hypotheses, and then obviously evidence would back each of their arguments up, and then from that you would draw a conclusion. That was uncomfortable for me at the start because there was no right answer. So you really did have to do a massive overview of the research on a topic and then come to your own conclusion, which is just an opinion at the end of the day. So with humans, because there is so many different hypotheses that, and we don't fully understand human psychology or human behavior fully, there's just a number of research out there and you must incorporate as much as you can and then come to your conclusion. So that is, you know, understanding that in, in real estate seems like, you know, I'm trying to connect two two things that are very far away, but understanding that there is no one right answer when it comes to closing, there is no one right um, answer when it comes to a script. Each person is fundamentally different and understanding and being comfortable with that is definitely important because it allows you to try new things, to tailor fit your selling style base of the people that you're dealing with and that has been huge for me I had some sort of a preconception in regards to human behavior and that was you know that everybody was interested in the human behavior aspect of real estate you know coming from a sales shop where that was my first real taste of psychology applied that was massive for me it was just you know I didn't think those things did relate but when I did find out you know after going through a sales shop that the tools that I learned and the study that I have done in psychology was actually helping me not from what I learned but it was just my my predisposition to be interested in psychology and kind of really delve into the human psychology of of buying I assume kind of that everybody would be interested in it just because I find it interesting That is just another part of being a human you what you think is interesting other people might not but um I assumed that you know, it was something that was being talked about, something that was being explored in real estate, but, but it wasn't, you know. And what I learned over the last seven months was people are irrational. And that is one thing you cannot account for in this industry. I keep reminding myself of that every time something happens where I genuinely cannot understand the reason as to why it happened. I cannot understand why this person came to this decision with the information that they had on hand because I would have done it completely different. You know, somebody else would have done it completely different. And I just, it's easier for me to just say that people are irrational than to actually try and understand it because trying to understand it will just frustrate me even further. For me personally, when I don't understand something, it completely frustrates me. And I just remind myself in those moments that humans are irrational beings humans will make irrational decisions. And that is one thing you cannot account for when you're in the closing stages of a deal, when you're in real estate, that just because you would do something rationally does not mean that somebody else would fundamentally that we do things that are that we consider irrational but are completely irrational. And then what I learned is that there is predominantly two types of buyers now it's easy you know it's not easy to fit two people into or fit all these people into two categories it is easier to try and understand that but I know there's so many different types of buyers but putting them into two categories makes it a bit more palpable makes it a bit more easy to understand for me personally anyways so you have two types of buyers the first one is an emotional buyer these are the people who value things like how the apartment feels how the apartment makes them feel you know what are some of the views they really kind of picture themselves living there where everything will be and they rather enjoy the feeling of the apartment and the lifestyle around it maybe in some cases and then there's other people who are just rational buyers so these are people who look at their apartments not as a an, an emotional attachment, but purely as you know how convenient it is for them to work, how convenient it is for them to the to the shops, how they can minimize their time doing things that they find useless and maximizing the time that, on the things that they think is important, you know so it could be ease of access, it could be the price, it could be. Could be a multitude of factors, but they're very rational thinkers. And you have to understand that because you're trying to problem solve to the problems that you think that they have. So the only way you can determine if somebody is an emotional or rational buyer is really by delving into deep conversation with them. You know, don't probe too deep, but getting to know somebody better and understanding what kind of person that they are and what they value is really important because you can tailor fit what you say about the apartment based of the personality type that they are. Now there are people who incorporate both factors that are, you know, rational and emotional. But, you know, I think everybody is rational, and emotional, but it's just trying to understand what percentage somebody is of each. I think I'm probably 60, 40 in favor of rational. Like there is times where I've, you know, let my emotions kind of get control of me and make a purchasing decision based of how it feels. And then there's other times where it just doesn't make sense for me. And I really have to work out if this would actually make sense for me to purchase. So understanding that, and for me personally, because I do work on the Palm Jumeirah, people would have a majority of emotional, you know, somebody who's rational really can't justify the prices on the Pam if they don't like the things that go with it. So the emotional feelings, because for the same price as a one bed, on the Palm Jumeirah, you can get a 3 bedroom townhouse you know in in some other communities further out so for me understanding that a lot of people are favoring towards emotional there still is people who are rational within that cohort but the majority would definitely be emotional buyers and you can see that you know when somebody's really trying to make a decision on an apartment for me I was standing in an apartment with one of my clients and he was really really unsure he really liked how the apartment felt for him and everything had to be feeling perfectly and you know the way that i dealt with some of the objections there and i really zoned in on the things that he said were important to him now it wouldn't have been optimal for me to start talking about you know how close it is to work for you you the ease of access on and off the pan like that is just not important that's just what it went in one, one ear and out the other. So I really had to zone in on the things that were important to him. And those were those emo- emotional feelings. So it was how the apartment felt. It was the view. It was the, the building itself and the sense of the name and the address that came with that was very important for him and how close it was to fun things. You know, that was huge for him. So I was really zoning in on that for him. anyways. this is just one example. The second thing that I learned is that, you know, there are techniques that you should use and that you should not, you know, in my opinion, I don't believe in pressure selling because I feel like people are accustomed to, you know, pressure selling tactics. People have become more aware, you know, you have a bad name as a real estate agent already. They almost expect you to pressure sell. So if you do 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 something differently and don't do that, then instantly you've got, you know, you've got an edge over somebody else. Recently, I found out the scarcity does sell. You know, even when I was renting my apartment that I move into next week, it was the last unit in the building. You know, I didn't even get an opportunity to view it. I just got a video and I just made the decision based off that because she told me it was the last unit available and I couldn't find it anywhere online. It made me feel panicked and move quickly. I didn't really factor in the rational thinking or, you know, some of the cons of the apartment. I just zoned in on the fact that I had to make this decision quickly and as a result you know I ended up renting that apartment. Now if she was telling the truth I'm not sure I assume she was but yeah that's for me personally. Another example for that for me as an agent was there is a building that is a managed building on the palm. They really do have not a lot of units in the actual building and not a lot of units available. You know, so there has been a waiting list created and people who miss out on the opportunity to rent a two bedroom apartment there are added to that wait list, my personal wait list. And I let them know that they're being added to the wait list. And then a second, the second something becomes available like a two bedroom apartment, I reached out to them and let them know that, look, this is off market. This is something that will go quickly because genuinely that is the case. And I let them know that, you know, we could potentially get in for a viewing, but we'll have to see. It's just based off booking. And from there, you know, that personally has worked for me in one instance in the past where because of that, somebody ended up renting an apartment really, really quickly because that scarcity was a massive factor for that. He knew that if he didn't move on this apartment quickly, that, you know, he wouldn't have any other option in that building for two to three months. So there was no other viewings that we'd done. There was no other buildings that we were looking at. It was specifically this one. And that genuinely was one of the easiest deals that I did last month. And I also learned that, you know, I genuinely, genuinely do have an interest in human behavior and the power of influence. And that's not as some as sort of a, you know, sadistic Machiavellian tactic, but it's just purely to understand it further. That could be just to understand myself, my own psychology further, and to understand the world around me. That's a huge interest to me. You know, I spend my time reading books like you know Never Split Difference, um, Forty Eight Laws of Power. And it's not to implement those ideas, especially in the Forty Eight Laws of Power. You know, I'm not implementing those persuasion tactics every single day, but it's understanding them and being aware of them, and, and how you can be influ- influenced by them is the first step into understanding other people more. And I think I just genuinely just had a propensity, you know, to understand people from my own environment growing up, you know, having a, yeah, having a father who was mentally ill, you know, understanding what mental illness was at such a young age meant that I've just always had exposure to psychology. And it definitely could be a reason as to why I studied psychology, you know, to understand people more and my own father more and how to prevent such things happening in my own life. You know, seeing how it affected him is, and his life is just something I never wanted for me. I think that has forced me to be attracted to human behavior and psychology and, you know, seeing how that worked for me in both my previous jobs it really did force me to continue exploring it. And that's definitely a reason as to why I'm probably more aware of and more self-reflective than some other people. You know, it's because I'm forcing myself to think about my mental well-being because it has been such an important factor for my life growing up and seeing its negative impacts and how that can be sacrificed and it's a result of that so it definitely guided me towards a path of psychology and as a result a a path into into sales and real estate and that means it's a bit more of an unconventional path you know some people might pursue the industry or whatever because the wealth that could be associated with it it could be for their genuine love of architecture and real estate you know they could have studied real estate or architecture so I came out at a completely different angle and that has that has helped me it has worked for me because fundamentally you're dealing with humans on a day-to-day basis you're dealing with relationships understanding how they function and for me I yeah because I've had to be aware of emotions growing up being aware of certain characteristics and emotions that have been displayed in order to understand if somebody is displaying mental mentally ill characteristics are going into, you know, an episode has forced me to do the same throughout life, you know, in other relationships and within work and outside work. It's, it allows me to be more emotionally aware, than some other people and it really forces me to yeah it it really forces me to be adaptable as a result because when I understand what emotions people are displaying you know I I do mold around that and I be the person that I believe that they want me to be or the person that I need to be in that certain situation because of the emotions and because of the behaviors that they're displaying and fundamentally the the type of person that they are. So that has been hugely beneficial for me. And I, and I feel like it's not something that has been spoke about a lot. But um, yeah, and understanding people definitely does allow you to be adaptable. You know, it allows you to be different based off what the person needs and you fulfill that. For me, that has built so much rapport and ultimately really good and close relationships. It's It's been able to break past that initial barrier of, me being a real estate agent and them just being you know a, a tenant or a potential tenant or a client breaking those barriers and you know connecting to them deeper just as another person and it makes it feel like you know you're on their side that you're that you want the best for them you understand exactly what they need down to the fine detail and a result that empowers you to make the best decision and that they trust that decision as a result because they know that they have built a good relationship with you. That it's just not about the quick cash. It's not about the commission, but it's just about the relationship. So that has worked massively for me. So how can you include this in your job and how you can understand human behavior more and Include that in real estate. For me, it's reading books. The two books that I mentioned for me were huge. Um, the psychology of influence was massive, and listening to podcasts. You know, listening to podcasts has been massive for me. You know, even just your generic ones, even the more recent ones, such as you know Diary of a CEO, understanding yourself more being aware of how people think has been massively beneficial. You know, even some sales stuff, like any school of sales podcasts that are out there, any sort of human behavior podcasts have been huge. Yeah, and fundamentally, first you need to learn your own behavior, become self-aware, and then understand what kind of a person that you are what kind of a buyer you are are you emotionally oriented or are you kind of more rational and what percentage of each and you have to understand the ideas of other people and understanding first your own behavior and then understanding other people's behavior will ultimately influencing you to make decisions based of the type of person that they are 'Cause again, one size does not fit all. It's not this perfect jigsaw puzzle. Each person is completely different based off their own past, based off their own, you know, external environments and their internal genetics. So understanding each of that allows you to look at each person differently and trying to really understand what it is that they are fundamentally what they fundamentally are as a human and you know understanding them more as a person you have to understand you know what you say and its and its effects on people you know i included this in my job by just trying new things you know if i saw some some things online or some scripts that i could use for calls i would use it like what's the worst that can happen they just shut me down and i move on to the next it's like all right, well, I've got another 99 of these to do today. It's not really going to make that big of an impact if I just try something new on one call. And it's just, just trying different things, thinking outside the box when it comes to that. You know, it could be in viewings, how you build rapport with people, how you connect with people, how you do the viewing, trying new things, seeing what works and what doesn't work. You know, I recently tried you know, given a lot of information about the apartment, but it just falls on deaf ears sometimes. Like some people genuinely could not care about some of the things you think is important. Some people just don't care about the, you know, how this how this layout is different to that and how, you know, there's a natural light in the bathroom or an extra cupboard in the bedroom. Like, Like some people genuinely don't care so it's been able to test those things, having a hypothesis, testing it, and then based off the results, you know, learning from that, learning how it is that you do your views, how it is that you might present an offer, how it is that you might close a deal, and how you kind of communicate with both parties throughout that. Learning the fundamentals is really important, but then thinking outside of the box, in those little things, has been massive for me. Because you're trying things that other people haven't before. I was really interrupted there by my grocery guy ringing the doorbell with my weekly shop. That is the convenience of Dubai. I mean, getting your weekly shop delivered to your front door is not a bad thing whatsoever. But yeah, off on a tangent there. Um, yeah, so fun of like getting back to what I was saying. You know i think it's really important to incorporate new different new things into the way that you do your job as a real estate agent really try and reinvent yourself at any stage you know this could be straight off the bat this could be a few months in or a few years in. it's just constantly reinventing yourself try and get any source of information feeding yourself with knowledge not only about the market not only about you know the prices or the buildings Start trying to understand people more, try and delve into what makes people tick, what influences their behavior, what makes them choose this over that, and how you can basically optimize the way that you work. Because if you are consistently learning this information, it will empower you to optimize and perform so much better, so, so much better. I don't understand, you know, delving deep into market insights and, you know, information about, you know, product knowledge if you're sacrificing those other elements because that part of sales, that part of real estate and that is massively important and overlooked is the human behavior, the purchasing decisions. And in this case, in my case personally, the renting decision because Rent an apartment is a big purchasing decision, especially in Dubai. You're committing to a one-year contract, it could be the biggest commitment or biggest purchase that somebody has made this year. So it's really important to understand how much of an impact that is for somebody and they would display certain characteristics as a result of that. And if anybody is interested in some of the tools that I use, are the sources of information that I use, you know, for for doing cold outreach, for doing, you know, warm outreach to some clients, to the way that I conduct viewings and the way that I negotiate through offers. If anybody is interested in that information, let me know. And yeah, potentially I could make some episodes out of it. I'm really still trying to feel out this whole podcast to see what is most required because what my idea of what is most required in the industry might not be the same as somebody else's. You know, they could have had the information that I did not have. So feel free to let me know, you know, what you would like to see, some questions that you have and I'll be sure to answer that or make that into a, a fully formed podcast version that where i can break it down fully so that everybody can get that information readily for free because that's what's most most important so yeah that brings to close episode 11 of the dubai real estate playbook again special thanks to anybody who is listening and yeah make sure to reach out to me on any of the social media platforms if you do have questions or anything that i can help with i would be more than happy to help So yeah, this has been the Dubai Real Estate Playbook and I'll see you in the next one.